Welcome back, listeners, to this week's episode of Shattering Superstructure. We have Mark Turtletaub discussing his new film, Jewels, starring Sir Ben Kingsley. In this conversation, I speak to Mark a little bit about what it was like working with Kingsley, his process, and a little bit about Mark's background. Uh, from former CEO of the lending company The Money Store to Oscar-nominated producer. Uh, It's a very fascinating conversation and all-encompassing, and I would strongly recommend watching Jules. Get your butts to the theater. It's an absolute gem of a film. Without further ado, here's Mark. Thanks, listeners, and I'll see you next time. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about your background. Um, you know, you've had kind of a, an, or, an orthodox trajectory uh, towards this industry. Um, you worked at the lending company, the money, the money store, um, and then sold it. And you decided to use the profits to eventually found Big Beach Films. So my question is, were you always a movie buff? Because it seems like the transition from that was pretty seamless. Seems like you always had your finger on the pulse of the industry. Uh, so tell me a little bit more about that path. Yeah, Alex, I've always loved uh, cinema since I was a kid. Uh, I grew up in New Jersey and came to New York. And back in those days, it was foreign films that we watched. And Bergman was one of the early influences for me. It just opened my horizons uh, coming from suburban New Jersey as to what could be done in film. So I've always loved film. I've always loved great writing. Uh, I was a journalist after I got out of school for about five or six years. So I've always been around the edges of creativity, but I didn't get to really jump in uh, with both feet until uh, much later in life. Uh, that's that's great to hear. You know, I, I had a similar path, started in real estate, moved into something more creative. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, it happens when it happens. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, on top of producing, uh, you've you've moved more into directing. I think you, you wear both hats uh very well, you know, with with God's behaving badly, puzzle, and now jewels. Um, how have you sort of honed your craft uh, as a filmmaker? A- and you know, uh, was it a steep learning curve? And sort of how has that played out um, over the years in your in your directing experience? Yeah, it is a learning curve. Uh, And I think for me, at least, uh, it was learning how to be a better collaborator. Uh, And that's happened over the course of these uh, movies. Uh, And the biggest thing I think, Alex, is in the beginning, I was very specific about what I wanted uh, in a performance uh, and did a lot of rehearsal. Uh, and uh, and then as I've progressed with the last two movie in, in movies in particular, I stopped rehearsing. Hmm. I began to relax a little bit. And I said, if you've got great actors uh, like Ben Kingsley, Sir Ben and Harriet Harris and Jane and Jane Curtin, you have these great uh, actors, uh, you get out of their way and you can talk about a scene. You can talk about a character. You can talk about all that. But if you rehearse it 
then it's never going to be fresh on the day. And if you give too much input before the fact, even if you give any input before the fact, then they're not going to bring in, that's always going to be in the back of their head. And it's they're never going to bring in what they're going to bring in with their own intuition. And so the, that's the biggest thing I had to learn was to get out of their way, let great actors do what they're going to do. And then later, you can always come in after a take or two takes and say, hey, how about if we try it? A different way but that's probably the biggest thing i had to learn and that's a great strategy letting giving your actors breathing room um i think a lot of directors have the opposite approach where they come in and and that's that that sometimes works for them and um but i think your approach is more of like the lubish touch you know get out of the way uh just sort of make it a collaborative effort because I think filmmaking when it comes down to it, it is, is a, is a team making uh, a team sport, excuse me. Yeah. It always has been. Yeah. You said it really perfectly for me. I often quote uh, Ernst Lubitsch, uh, you know, the great story of Lubitsch where he said, you know, what is the secret to the Lubitsch touch? They asked him. Right. And, and, you know, the you know, sort of apocryphal story, it seems, but it's true. He, he would say, well, the key is you must get the greatest script in the world and they do not uh, compromise. And then you must get the best cinematographer in the world. Uh, any country that you have to look, you get the best cinematographer and the same thing with production design and the same thing with costumes and the same thing with makeup. And he says, and then you get them all in the room and you get out of their way. And it's the secret to the Lubitsch touch. And of course, uh, it's a famous uh, story, but one that there's quite a bit of truth to it. Uh, of course, the director has to have a communicate a tone and communicate a vision. But there's a lot of people that you're collaborating with who are very talented. Yeah. And, and you know, speaking of talented people, I think that uh, Gavin Steckler's script is 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 just outstanding what initially drew you to it right he, yeah. he's, uh, it's one of a kind it's one of the three things i look for i look for a unique story uh, and writing uh and i've never seen anything like that and i felt that way about the best of the movies i've produced is I, I read something and i go i haven't read anything like this before and then it has to be about something that's meaningful. So we have something to talk about and think about after we leave the theater. Uh, those are key. And of course, it has to be entertaining. If it's not entertaining, then all the rest isn't going to matter. So it had all three of those elements for me. Yeah, yeah. And and left left thinking about the film, it really, it, it's key. And I, I noticed that's a trend in your work. I think you once quoted uh, or said something about great endings are, are new beginnings for the characters. Uh, um, and especially this one, it allows you to speculate about what's going to happen. Uh, and, and what's, you know, especially with, I don't want to spoil anything, but the ending leaves things open-ended. Um, and so I guess um, to that end, do you find these stories more appealing than stories that are kind of neatly wrapped in a bow and tied together in all loose ends and everything? I do for me. And there are some people that really want everything tied up. Uh, but 
it has to, you know, there's an old saying, give the audience what they want, but not in the way they, uh, they expected it. Uh, and so that's what I try to aim for is you want to satisfy, you don't want to leave people going, oh, I wish it didn't end there. Uh, but you, but by the same token, you don't want to have everything so wrapped up that it allows no conjecture. It allows no thinking after you leave the theater. And for me, that's always a nice way to end a movie. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I love it when my expectations are subvert, uh, subverted. So, um, and, and Sir Ben Kingsley, you know, you mentioned him. He gives an amazing, a typically amazing performance. Um, you know, how is his process as an actor on set in terms of, you know, collaboration since we're talking about that and and did you learn any like pearls of wisdom from him because he's been in this industry for so long yeah you know i he's interesting because he does not want to tell you what he's thinking and he doesn't really want to hear sort of my uh at least to start off with he did not want to hear sort of my references he wants to keep his filter clean and clear uh, so I couldn't tell him, well, I pictured Milton uh, used to have a hardware store and uh, and his wife was at the counter and he worked. At, he didn't want to hear that. Uh, and uh, he had his own picture that he needed to live with. And also, he didn't want to necessarily articulate all of that with us. Uh, and so I knew he had his picture. The only thing he said to me, which was interesting because it was not something I would have thought of in 100 years. He said, well... I thought of King Lear when I went like, okay, uh, it's not at all what I would have thought of. And I think subsequently I've read some interviews where he said, yeah, that was for about 10 pages or 11 pages. And then I realized, oh, this is something very different. Uh, so yeah, he's got his own process as every actor does. And uh, he likes to keep uh, sort of his inner thoughts uh, to himself. And the end result for both of you is is the same, depending on how you you got there, which is interesting, you know? right? Yeah, and for each of those, I mean, if you if you looked inside every one of those actors' minds, I'm sure they would all have a very different process than uh, than one another, and that's uh, and yet it works because as long as you were all seeing the same movie in the end. Uh, and for me, the same movie here had to do with making sure we didn't play it for the joke. We right. played it real and grounded. And there's enough humor in the situations and in the lines that are being said that you don't have to play the joke. And so that was the sort of North Star for all of us. Let's play it straight. Let the audience laugh because it's ridiculous. Uh, but we don't have to make it that way. Yeah, I, I definitely laughed out loud um you know one of the lines that comes to mind is like heads don't just explode <laughs> you know um and that that out of context i don't think is it could be a spoiler so we'll think about oh, i'm not worried about it, but it's said twice in the movie and it's one of my favorite lines too okay um and kingsley's accent is so accurate i'm so amazed at how he can do different um dialects and accents within america like i was just watching the whackness actually last night i don't know if you ever saw that movie but he does the new york accent so well 
And so I was wondering if you had a dialect coach um, on this. We do. We do. I work with the same dialect coach uh, twice now. On uh, she, she worked also with, uh, with Kelly McDonald on my last film, Puzzle. Right. Uh, these great actors, they're, you know, they're amazing. You know? And it's so fun because you hear them uh, speaking a very you know, clear American accent, sometimes from a very specific district in you know area of America. And then they walk off set and all of a sudden you're hearing a Scottish or a British accent. And it's just like instantaneous. Ah, oh, yeah, that, that amazes me. Uh, I, I, I wish I had that talent, but, um, you know, it, it, in this film is nice, quiet and, and character driven. Um, do you prefer intimate stories over stories with spectacle, whether that be special effects or plot details that allow you to suspend disbelief? Um, so which is your preference, really? Yeah, I, it, I, for me, I'm, I'm interested in stories about human beings that transform in some way uh, and and about sort of a humanist approach. But I don't want it to be goody two shoes. I want it to be realistic. Uh, and sometimes people don't transform all the way. Uh, and some people don't transform. But those are stories that interest me. Uh, and but to find them in a way which is written really originally, like Jules, is hard to find. Uh, and uh, so that's what I'm more drawn to. And that's part of why I did this uh, with real uh, practical elements instead of CGI. And I think it, it not only does it does it give a different feel to the movie, but it helps the actors because there's something concrete. There's a real person in that those prosthetics that they can look in those eyes and react to. And I think that's really important. Yeah, I was amazed. Speaking of that, that actress, that that was the person behind that. Um, you know, I initially thought it was going to be some younger person or like, a you know, like they said, like a little boy or a little girl. But um, it's truly amazing what what she was able to do with her with her eyes. Um, and to that end, I noticed that in one of the scenes, she's put on she puts on a Spuds McKenzie shirt, which I thought was a little bit clever. And I'm not sure this was intentional, but, you know, Spuds McKenzie, the campaign back in the 80s, there was this whole thing about, well, they were, I think, advertising it as a male dog, but it was a female dog. And it kind of speaks to that um, gender fluidity, I think, of the character, you know, uh, the alien who's both called Gary and Jules. I don't know. It could just be digging too much, right? Well, no, you might be right. I, we'd have to ask Gavin, the screenwriter, if because okay. his idea, if that's where he went with it, and he might have been, for all I know. But yeah, there is a Gary and Jules, and then they put the shirt on, and everyone calls him him, but it's a woman playing the role. It's all very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, and how did you find the person to play the alien? She was recommended to me by uh, one of the people that really designed the look for the alien. Uh, and he had worked with her before uh, and said, you know, really, you you need to talk to her. And so I did. And, but even after meeting her, I read eight different women for that role. And she was clearly the best. Uh, and so uh, we were fortunate to have her because she's uh, she's amazing. 
Absolutely. And the other line that really sticks out to me is when, um, you know, Milton says to Jules, you know, you don't keep doing something you're not good at. It's so heartbreaking because it's so untrue. Um, and it's really a justification for how he's acted in his life. And I think that just speaks volumes about his character. Um, and I, I love how those are those little subtle flourishes in the script that say so much more about a character than say excessive exposition would, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's really beautiful writing. I agree. And, and it's, it's very telling that moment where he, he starts to open up to Jules in a way that he's never opened up to anybody. Yeah. Yeah. And do you prefer working with, I know throughout a lot of your career, you, you've chosen a lot of first time directors and screenwriters. You've also worked with some very established ones, you know, uh, Sam Mendez, Jeff Nichols. So which is your, your preference? Do you like to find fresh new voices or do you like to work with established voices more or does it depend on the project? Yeah, it totally depends on the project. I, I In the beginning and, and throughout, I, there's been a lot of first-time directors we work with, uh, but I'm at a, I think I, you know, creativity comes wherever it comes and whatever package it comes. And so uh, in terms of screenwriting, I just read the material and I'm not worried whether they've written 27 scripts that have been turned into movies or none. If it's good, it's good. And we've been fortunate though to have some that, that uh, had never like like Little Miss Sunshine. That had never uh, Michael had never uh, had a movie made, and Gavin, who made Jules, had never had a movie made. So sometimes that works out. Yeah, and speaking of Little Miss Sunshine, I was so sad to hear about Alan Arkin's passing. He's one of my all-time favorites. Yeah. Um, Edward Scissorhands is my favorite movie. Oh, and I see. I see it behind you. <laughs> and, the, you know, the character he played, the dad, is just, in my opinion, one of the most iconic dads ever in a film. And every role he touched was perfect. Yeah. Consummate actor. My favorite line that he said, uh, favorite mem remembrance, uh, remembrance for, for him was, he said, I, I don't, uh, he says, I don't like movies which aren't ensembles. He said, I, I don't want to see a movie which is all centered around one person. Uh, he always, even though he could carry a movie himself, he always wanted to have a, a, a team together to make a movie. Uh, I love, yeah, that's, that's a great, I, I, I would agree with that. I definitely like ensembles more um, from, from an audience perspective. Uh, and I think last time we spoke, you, you were preparing to work with Muriel Heller on the Mr. Rogers movie, which turned out to be a resounding success. So what's next for you on the agenda? Well, I am uh, I'm, I'm not nothing I can talk about quite yet, uh, but I have one in mind and hopefully we get our strike settled positively for everyone. Uh, and uh, shortly after that, we'll be directing another feature. Amazing. And will you be producing or, or directing? I'll probably do both. I, I, I primarily direct, but when it's my own movie, I get involved in the production as well. Awesome. Well, Mark, thank you so much. I really appreciate your, your generous answers and your time. Oh, Alex, thank you. You know, you, you're a, I know you're a giant fan of independent cinema. So thank you for supporting the movies we're making and keep putting the word out. These depend on word of mouth. So thank you.
Hey, uh, it's it's my pleasure, and uh, congratulations again on on such an amazing film. Thanks, Alex. All right, take care.